Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, bonjour, hola, hello, wherever you are in the world watching this on YouTube, listening to this on the podcast feed, my name is Andy Evans, you are listening and you are watching La Squared, La Circle, or uh, La Ring of Wrestling, or as what would Matt Hardy say if he was in his broken era? Viwana! Squared circle. No, that's not the broken Matt Hardy era. But anyway, you get what I mean. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Hello. Done all of that rubbish. Going to say hello. Going to start again. We're here with the show. Don't know what you're going to get. I'm absolutely bloody knackered. How we doing? Stefan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. However, okay, whatever that. time you're we've listening. <laughs> um, yeah, um, welcome to the podcast, the loose circle. I think something along those lines. Anyway, anyway. All right, you're um, just trying to shut yeah, me up now by going on to Google Translate. What I was trying to do, my rambling intro. Is that how what did you know? because uh, uh, you, you're calculating. That's what it is. You're calculating. <laughs> how are you doing, yeah. good boy? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Uh, I know it's been hectic again, so we apologise. Uh, we haven't, but we we did say we probably wouldn't be live this week. Um, but uh, we're here. That's the main thing. We're still here. We're still bringing you the squared circle. So there we go. We are. And actually, it's a quite of a benefit for you because today what we're going to be looking at is some of the biggest news points from this past week. Plus, we're going to be previewing All Elite's Revolution, which goes down on pay-per-view. Uh, it's not a premium live event. It's not WWE. They still know how to do pay-per-view. Uh, on Sunday this weekend, that means that Monday... This coming Monday, live at 7 o'clock, will be the Revolution Review Show. So, there you go. You get in the preview and the review within 72 hours of each other. How Fantastic. cool is that? You see, we're the show that just keeps on giving. Indeed we are. Radio. Indeed, now, we are. If you want to get in contact with us here at the Squared Circle, you can do. I, I'm, I will admit, guys, I am absolutely shattered i've been delivering training all week i don't actually know what day it is so um stefan will be running the show i think and it may not go as long as we normally do uh, purely for the fact that i might be asleep any moment now um but if you do want to get in contact with us on the show you can do all the details are at the bottom of the screen if you're watching on youtube you can tweet us at wrestling tsc you can instagram us at TSC Wrestling Podcast, or you can use the WhatsApp machine, which is 077-243-12752. That's 077-243-12752. And if you are watching on YouTube, scan the QR code that's on screen now. That will take you directly to Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe to the audio feed of the show. Or if you click on this one, it will take you directly to Spotify. All of those links are in the narrative across both of the show formats. Now, Stefan, before we get yes. going, are you a fan of the Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle? Of course. Would you like to own your very own Kurt Angle star unisex hoodie? I would. Excellent. That's a really good thing because now you can go to our friends at Wrestling Merch Central and you can scan the QR code here and you can pick up your very own Kurt Angle Star Unisex hoodie. Again, the link will be in the narrative of the show because, as always, the Squared Circle is brought to you by Wrestle Merch Central. So, our big thanks to those guys over there for some great quality wrestling merchandise designed for the superstars, brought to you 
by the superstars. It's true. It's damn true. Ooh, very nice. Very nice. Right, so we do this, so we get to the news line. Let's do it. Here we go. You know, I actually used that theme song for um, some training this week to kind of bring them back in. Fantastic. Just to bring a little bit of the squared circle uh, into the realms of training. Uh, Okay, so we're going to kick off the news this week with news on Matt Riddle because our fans set to see Matt Riddle on WWE TV again anytime soon. Because Dave Meltzer on the latest Wrestling Observer Radio stated that his suspension is up which means he is free to make a return to the ring any time now, which is pretty good because we're actually on the road to um, some event called WrestleMania. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Don't know what it is. No idea what it is. So he doesn't have a match at the moment. We know that. He's not even programmed into storylines because of the suspension. Is he going to be a part of the WrestleMania this year or are they going to do the normal thing and hold him back to Monday Night Raw the night after WrestleMania this year. What do you think? No, I'm I'm thinking at this moment in time, probably Raw the night after WrestleMania. Um that doesn't mean that there still isn't time. I mean what there's what still four or five weeks to go till WrestleMania. Um so uh there's still plenty of time to bring him in, but in order to bring him back, build something uh I think is unlikely. Um, so I wouldn't rule it out, but I would say, in my opinion, I think it's it will be a raw after mania. But the, the, the thing is, I mean, if you bring him back now, the only storyline you could really put him in is up against Solo Sokoa from the Bloodline, because it was Sokoa who actually took him out back on the December, December, December 5th episode of Monday Night Raw. But you've got to think that they're not going to want to put Sokoa into a into a match at Mania this year. He's going to be heavily involved in whatever's happening with the Usos and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, or even coming out as the enforcer for Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes at night two. Yeah. Apparently he's now yeah. going to headline night two. Yeah, yeah. Um I think that's that's fair to say that'll be his um you know his uh he'll his place at Mania will be as the in that enforcer role as opposed to actually having his own match um so yeah uh i think it to be fair i think it just makes sense uh for them just to leave riddle's return until the until mania is done um and then you know put him into something um straight after do you know what? it's really funny because it, i read this news report when you sent the show plan through and i was and i was looking at it going I hadn't actually missed him not being on no. WWE TV. I mean, I've met Riddle. Riddle's a, he's a nice guy. He's, he's, he comes across like years on TV, a bit of a surfer dude. Don't know how many brain cells he's got, but you know, that's my opinion. Not anybody else's. Please don't send that to Riddle. He'll hurt me. Um, but I haven't missed him on TV. I've missed no. Randy Orton, but I haven't missed Matt Riddle. No. Yeah. His absence hasn't really been overly notable. Um, and I know we're probably not the only um, wrestling fans to, probably have that kind of opinion um that you know not to have missed him that much um but that's not to say you know uh, that there's anything wrong with that it's just a case of he's you know he's been off tv um for whatever his reasons for his alleged suspension were um that's still speculative but 
Yeah, um, it'll be cool to see him back, uh, to see what they do with him. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say he's been missed. Well, that could be either due to Triple H's great booking or it could be just because it's Matt Riddle. Who knows? But one person that we do know uh, that, a, that a current WWE superstar is hoping to make a return is Sasha Banks. Because during an interview with Ariel Hawani uh, that was released this past last week, the really controversial Ariel Hawani at the moment, Tony Khan uh, will not have him on his Christmas card list, as we talked about last week. Um Bailey had an interview uh, with him where she basically said that she really hopes that Mercedes Monet, or formerly known as Sasha Banks, returns to the WWE. She said, she means so much to me and so much to the wrestling world. Like, I have to be there for this moment. That was when she went to Wrestle Kingdom back in January. When asked about a return, Bailey responded, I'll say yes, because this, as in the WWE, is her home. This is her dream. I love to see what she's doing and what she's going to be doing over the next few months. She's going to literally take over the world, take the world by storm. But I know this is her home and where her heart is. And by her heart, I mean me. Oh, she needs to come back to me. I need her. I need my travel partner. Um, how sweet. I mean, look, it. it they are best friends. We know that. That's been well documented. They've traveled the world together. They've been in some of the, the biggest matches in NXT and WWE. But I personally think this is the best thing for Sasha Banks being out of the WWE system for a while. Reinvention. Oh, yeah. and, and I don't want her to go back for at least a couple of years. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally agree. Uh, totally agree with you. You know, she's she's just won the New Japan Women's Championship. Um, you know, she's only the second holder. The title has uh, not been around very long at all. And um, you know, it would be good for her to, you know, take that time away from WWE. Um, obviously, when she walked out, Vince was still running everything, etc. Um, I think things by the time she eventually goes back, things would have there would have probably been a big change. Um, hopefully, you know, they can build their bridges. I would love to see her come back, but I want to see her used uh properly. You know, I, I, we I touched on this, I think it was on the last show. She's not since she got the call up, she's she, unlike Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and even Bailey. I just felt that. She didn't have the. She didn't. Her transition to the main roster wasn't as um, wasn't as good as uh, what maybe the other threes uh, has been, and I think she su uh, she suffered from some of that, and hence why she was put in the position she was, where she was unhappy. And there's nothing wrong with being unhappy, but I felt that she could have dealt with the situation a lot better. Um, so maybe this time away, you know, making a name for herself elsewhere for the time being, and that is exactly what she needs. Um, I mean, she, she's she's made comments in previous interviews about, mm. you know, now she's a free agent. Now she can go wherever she wants. She wants to do appearances for Impact. She wants those dream matches. I mean, for me, thinking about the potential that Monet has got on the independent scene, she could quite literally do a Cody Rhodes. You know, she could absolutely. take time out. She could travel the globe. And she could have those matches with people like Mickey James, with people like Britt Baker. She could have that return match with Soraya Knight. Now, imagine billing that for All Out in um, in September of this year. The absolutely. rematch. Mercedes Monet versus Soraya. I mean, that would be... That's a money match in itself because everybody wants to see the match that we never really got to see after the, after the injury, right? You, yeah. You've also got 
you know, you, you've got so many talent that have been released from WWE that are making names for themselves. Jordan Grace, um, Deanna Perazzo on Impact Wrestling would be another one. Jamie Hayter, Mercedes Monet would be a great match in All Elite. So let her go. Let her travel the world. Let her come over to the UK and compete with Progress, with Ref Pro, with ICW, with PCW, with one PW who would Booker to the hill, Stephen Courtney, friend of the show, would really take Mercedes Monet and put her onto a platform here in the UK. And then in about two, three years, rebuild your stock, rebuild yeah. your, your caliber, and then go back in as a certifiable Hall of Famer into the WWE. Yeah, I think there's, you know, there is an, an element where things with Sasha Banks kind of went a little bit stale in WWE. I'm not necessarily, that's that's down to her as such. Um, but I do think this is the perfect opportunity for her to take, you know, an extended leave of absence from WWE, wrestle in various different places, reinvent, as you said, reinvent herself, remind people how good she really is. Uh, we know how good she is. We see it in NXT. Um, but she never kind of matched that level when she, uh, in my opinion, when she was on the main roster. And I think that's one of the reasons why, th why she, uh, things kind of turned a bit sour um, for, for her. So I'm excited to see what she's doing. I mean, I, I very much, as, as we touched on uh, her match with Kyrie um, uh, at Wrestle Kingdom was, was fantastic. It was in my, what I, what I called, you know, the perfect match, you know, when everyone was invested from the, the competitors to the crowd, uh, to the commentary, you know, the storytelling, everything was on point. So uh, she's off to a great start. So let's see what happens. Um, but while we stick with Bailey, Bailey's also actually during the exact same interview with uh, Ariel Helwani was talking about the original idea for damage control as damage control, as you know, consists of Bailey, EO Sky and Dakota Kai. Um, she said the original idea that she had about damage control um, was that she she said, I know Dakota has talked about this in her, uh, in her interviews in the past. It had a different group of people at the time uh, as time went on. Peyton Royce was someone that I really wanted in there. Tegan Knox was someone that I wanted in there. There were a lot of people that it just kind of changed throughout time. And as people left the company and things like that. But Dakota was always you know, she's one of the OGs that I always envisioned in this group. I found that actually really interesting how she wanted Peyton Royce in there. Because if you remember, just before Peyton Royce's release, um, well, the Iconics were released, uh, Peyton had that really, really fantastic match against Oscar on Raw. And um, a lot of people felt that Peyton, you know, was, was needed that opportunity to, to prove because... Um, Billy Kay was doing her thing on SmackDown with that whole resume thing, which, you know, it was working. People were getting on board with it. They were entertained. But Peyton showed that she was really good in the ring um, and had that great match with Oscar. And then, lo and behold, then she was released. So that was quite an interesting comment from Bailey. Yeah, I think with, with Peyton Royce, it's, it's interesting because she's definitely an uncredited star performer, you know. And I yes. don't think, you know, obviously she's just had the little and now with with um sean spears and congratulations to them i don't think you'll see her back in the ring anytime soon i don't think you will see her back in the ring and i think that is a misstep on the wwe uh because she was let's put it this way i mean i know you're a fan of the iconics and so am i or the inspirations they were in impact it was if you want to use the old school tag team analogy of Shawn michaels marty Jannetty, it was peyton royce who was the Shawn michaels and billy Kay was the marty Jannetty, right 
they had talent, but she was the star performer. I think Billy Kay was good in a different way. Um, but if you look at work rate, it was definitely Peyton Royce that was leading that leading that tag team. Oh yeah, yeah. It was one, definitely one of those scenarios where uh, one complemented the other and vice versa by both yeah. bringing something different uh, to to their team. Yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think no. if you looked at longevity, it would have been Peyton Royce that would have got more of yeah, the success. Absolutely. Than Billy Kay, and that's not a knock on Billy Kay. I don't want that to come no. across like that as well. But what is interesting is that she was one of the ones who was picked to become part of Damage Control. You know, Tegan Knox, Nixon Yule. You know, I've worked with Nixon before. I'm, I'm. Have you worked? Have you worked with with Nixon before? No, no, no. So I worked with Nixon before she got signed to WWE. Um, she did a couple of shots in in UPW down here on the South Coast, and even at that point, you knew Nixon was going to take it and be a future main eventer, a future star of the women's division. She's been unlucky with the amount of injuries she's had since she signed with WWE. So actually, when that release came along, I wasn't overly surprised that that Nixon or Tegan Knox got let go by WWE. Her amount of ring time had been greatly limited. But how good is it for Bailey to pick these two up-and-comers that have had brief main event roster spots, but really took over NXT as being the future of damage control. And if they do come back, I can see Tegan Knox going into that stable still. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was going to say the same thing. It's interesting that, you know, Tegan has returned to the company since, um, you know, she's just sort of been thrown into a little bit of female tag teaming on, uh, on SmackDown. But, um, but yeah, I, I could see Tegan Knox joining damage control. I do see damage control potentially growing. Um, I don't think they're going anywhere. Soon. I think, I think they need to be careful with damage yeah. control. I think they need to be careful not to grow it too much because you're seeing that with the bloodline, you know, and you're seeing how longevity a stable has got. The NWO back in 96 made that mistake when it started off small and that was your core group, you know, the Hogan, the Hall, the the Nash, the Rude to a degree, the Ravishing Rick Rude coming in as the, as the manager. But then what happened? It got bigger and bigger and bigger and it got watered down and it lost its it lost its pizzazz. So I yeah. think damage control needs to be very careful. They need to keep to either a four or a five woman stable. And the people that I could see being added to that is Tegan Knox and Liv Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's quite a possibility that they could end up just sticking with the, uh, as, as a three piece team and potentially Tegan Knox replacing, I would probably say EO sky because I could see yeah. EO sky leaving the group um and obviously we've got the history between Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox anyway they were friends and then there was that whole thing at war games at uh, one of the yeah. war games um which Tegan suffered her knee injury that kept her out for a lengthy period of time so there's history there so I could potentially see EO Sky at some point uh, being removed from the group or leaving the group and being replaced by someone like Tegan Knox. She's, um, she's the so, weakest link. She's the weak link in that triple threat, in that three-way. Which is strange to say that, considering it's Io Sky or Io Shirai, if you, know, you want to yeah. stick to the original name. Um, but, you know, former NXT Women's Champion, um, a, a fantastic in-ring performer. Um, she's very, very popular. But I could see her going, uh, turning face. Um but and, just because she's a just because yeah, but just because she's a fantastic women's performer and she was mm. a former NXT champion, it doesn't mean that. And we've seen this so many times that that transition to the main roster works. You know, you take someone. I mean, 
Zoe Starks this past week on Busted Open made a comment that went all over the dirt sheets about how she is scared to be brought up to the main roster because she thinks yeah. she's going to get lost. Now that has nothing to do with the fact that Zoe Starks is just a really bad performer, but it's interesting, isn't it? That they got this, there's already this level of concern about them coming up. Now, EO Sky, you send her back to NXT. What have we been talking about for a while? Who is the figurehead of NXT 3.0, whatever you want to call it? They don't mm. have one. Since Mandy Rose got released, she was the figurehead of that dep- of that division. That's gone. There is a case to yeah. say that Gigi Dolan or JC Jane could become it. Now toxic attraction have split up. We'll see what happens. That, that's well. that's, an in, that's interesting you say that because I feel I, I, when I was watching NXT this this week, there was something I, I really picked up on and I felt. I mean, some people may agree, some people may disagree. That's fine. I well, I think we find ourselves in the position in NXT at the moment where. You've got Roxanne Perez as the NXT Women's Champion, and they're building up this thing against her, against uh, Satamora and that for the Women's Championship. But when you see JC Jane and Gigi Dolan on screen and what they're doing, you feel that them two are bigger stars on the brand than the actual champion. Um, So uh, I think that's a fair point that you make, um, that, you know, maybe those two are the two biggest attractions names on um on nxt in the women's division at the at the moment you know who the you know who the pinnacle of the women's division is though don't you you know who it is you know who it is caden carter caden carter yeah and Kate, Katana Kate, Chance. Kate, I think they're yeah. brilliant. You thought I was going to go in the key Lions, didn't you? No. They... I thought you was going to find a way of working her into that. Then. I yeah. haven't worked her into anything for a long time. No, she's... Um, I, I think those two are brilliant. There, there are some yeah. great women on NXT. And the problem Very is, much. I think they do get lost in the main roster. EO Sky, yeah. I would send her back down to NXT, give her a run as the NXT Women's Champion. Her against Roxanne Perez. Yeah. Uh, would would be quite a good run and replace her with Tegan Knox on the main roster. We know yeah, I, I would disagree sending her back to NXT and to do that run because she's done the run. She, you know, she she didn't but, lose for a while. Is, she, uh, I, I don't see it. But is it going to hurt her? You know, you see main roster stars get stale, bring them back down. Paula Cruz, for example, right, got stale mm-hmm. on main roster, come back down. He's been reinvented. Yeah, no, I I, I disagree on that. I I think um, you know. She she should get a run uh, on her own uh, on the main roster. Uh, providing well, what, they, it comes down to booking. If they book her, okay, then, you know. Well, what does the TSC Nation think? If you've got an opinion on this, if you think I'm absolutely talking out of my backside, which I normally do, uh, then let us know. If you think Stefan's right, which is normally not, then let us know. You can uh, WhatsApp us on 077-243-12752. That's 077-243-12752. Or tweet us at WrestlingTSC or... Uh, you can Instagram us at TSE Wrestling Podcast. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can leave a comment and let us know. But one person we do know is a top priority for the WWE going yeah. forward. It's not a woman. It's a cleaner. Jay White. Uh, not Jay White. Kenny Oma. I you set that me. up so you lovely. Did. And then buggered it up by saying <laughs> Jay White. Kenny well, he's still Omega. in the conversation, so let's, let's he put is that in the conversation. I could have just carried on and nobody would have noticed. 
<laughs> it has been reported that the feeling in WWE is that signing Kenny Omega is a top priority. In fact, it's more of a priority than signing the Switchblade, Jay White. Is it going to be as straightforward as it could be? Because we know that All Elite have added extra time to his deal for how long he was out with injury for, although how long it's been extended is unknown. Now, this year is going to be interesting because the Young Bucks deal is also reported to be up. And the belief is that they, along with Kenny Omega, are going to want to stick together in terms of what they do next with their careers, whether they go with WWE or they stay in All Elite. Now, we've talked about this before uh, on various different shows, but Dave Meltzer makes a really interesting point. If WWE had buried Cody Rhodes when they came back, they would have had no shot at Kenny Omega, but they didn't. They have a shot now at bringing him. Tony Khan losing Kenny Omega from a perception point would be really bad. He is in a really good position to negotiate. And the same has got to be said for the Young Bucks, because you think about it, in the two-year span, two to two year, two to three-year span, all of the EVPs potentially will be gone from All Elite Wrestling and back or going to WWE for the first time. Is that a perception that All Elite don't want to have? I think, yeah, because they're such a huge part, not just as, um, you know, uh, as executives, but because they're such huge parts of their roster. Um, it's kind of, it would be kind of a double blow for All Elite Um and I, I think that it would be worrying for them in terms of their fan base because of obviously how many of their fans are probably huge Kenny Omega or, or elite fans. Um, and obviously, if they're going to go elsewhere, what do you do when your favourite wrestlers change uh, change promotions? You you go and check them out uh, where, where they go. And it's almost like maybe taking some of your fan base and, and potentially maybe losing them um, to, uh, to be an audience. But... I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a very interesting uh, situation when you've got three guys who have worked together for so long um, when it's almost like you're not dealing with one, you're dealing with three. It's like almost like a package, like they come as a package. That's that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's like when you start a relationship with a woman who's already got kids, and it? it's like you know the kids. It is, you know, it's that. Well, if you want one, you need to have the, the you know, the rest of us. Uh, that they we come, we come as a, you know, as, yeah, but, as, a, as a group. But think about it. But think about it though. The collective bargaining that they would mm. have to say, you go in, you get me, you get Matt, you get Nick, you get Don Callis to a degree so you actually get you know four for the price of you know four for the price of three because yeah. you can't imagine kenny omega is going to want to go into wwe without don Callis. yeah i mean i could see it under triple h i can see it because as we know triple h is a fan of you know uh of, he, he he watches other promotions he's openly admitted he watches other promotions and he keeps an eye on talent he knows what the fan base want what wwe fans what they want who's hot property who's not um you know who's really over it's, it's it's a very different scenario than what it's like under vince where vince is like well you'll get who i say you'll get i'll go i'll get in whoever i'll say again and i'll use them however i wish you know uh but with triple h i think it's a very different uh scenario um but if wwe managed to pull that off i mean it'd be a massive coup for the company with without a doubt um and um 
I mean, if it happens, I mean, if you look at the lineage of Bullet Club, that would then be in the WWE roster. You know, you'd have Omega and the Bucks. You'd have Finn Balor, you know, AJ Styles, Gallows and Anderson. I mean, that's uh, three. Formerly, and Cody, that's like three, four leaders of Bullet Club. Um you know, and then all WWE need to do is eventually, when his deal's up, try and re-sign Adam Cole. You know, and then that's another one that comes in. Well, there's interesting reports coming out because Tamatonga is saying that he's been in contact with WWE. So there's another member of the Bullet Club mm-hmm. straight away going in. But that is actually a really interesting segue going into the next news point because this past week during a WWE live event uh, in uh, Illinois, Gallows and Anderson teamed up with the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. It was the first time the Bullet Club in that incarnation had triple teamed. They went up against the Judgment Day. Uh, Funnily enough, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio and Damian Priest. Um, Now that is going to be continuing on the house show circuit for quite a while. Gallows, Anderson and Rhodes. Um, But yeah, they sign Omega, they sign the Bucks, they sign Jay White. Do you see the next big stable being a reformed under a, an albeit new name bullet club? Cause you got to yeah. think if this was, if this was Tony Khan, he would be in contact with new Japan. He would be laying out the dollars to buy the rights and the trademark to the bullet club. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if, if he would be successful because I think thing with new Japan, because new Japan have got, uh, you know, like they're, they're, they're on good terms with everybody. They're even on good terms with WWE as we, as we know uh, as well. I actually think bullet club would probably, um, sorry, new Japan would actually be quite, you know, open to being like, well, why can't WWE have bullet club in them? Well, impact have bullet club, have had bullet club in there. You know, they've got like, yeah, yeah, but they've not been signed to the company. They've been signed to new Japan going on, on, paper appearance deals in a relationship so that's why they've let them use the bullet club logo you've got to think all of these six guys would potentially be signed under contract to wwe so unless there was a a monetary deal where new japan would get a split of the the merchandise profit for the use of the bullet club logo why would you well this this is this is what i mean i mean i'm not necessarily i wouldn't necessarily rule that out because if WWE, the biggest wrestling company in the world, regardless of whether you like them or not, um, if they start selling Bullet Club merchandise under their banner, and that the profits, the the the, the, the merch, uh, they're going to make the prices on the merch they're going to make the money they're going to make on them on the merch is uh, is going to be astronomical, and um, if New Japan were to have an arrangement in place with them where they got a piece of that then I actually don't think WWE would overly mind. Um, I, you know, I think if you're going to sign uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks anyway, I think they're probably going to come wanting a clause that will allow them to wrestle, I don't know, maybe two dates a year um, in, 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 Japan, in New Japan. They're going to want to go off. Uh, yeah. The fact that WWE allowed Shinsuke Nakamura to go and work the Great Muta Retirement uh, thing suggests that well, that might not actually be an issue well there's one way of looking at it if this and this is all a dream scenario right this is all a dream scenario this is a provisional if the bucks and kenny omega and the switchblade jay white all sign with wwe they've got more star power to, to run this also bear in mind mm-hmm. you've mentioned shinsuke nakamura who wasn't part of bullet club but had some great matches with bullet club members mm-hmm. 
if they then struck a deal with New Japan, we get what is quite possibly the dream Blu-ray. The documentary of the Bullet Club with the greatest Bullet Club matches featuring those stars on the WWE Network. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would... And that would sell money. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's guaranteed money. It's guaranteed money. It's it's guaranteed a lot of money. Um, So if WWE can pull that off, uh, I mean, I've I've no doubt that there are going to be certain conditions uh, that, yeah, as I said, that Omega and uh, the Bucks will probably want in their contracts. Mm. Um, but I do think, you know, with Triple H run it, Triple H probably look at it and go, do you know what? Uh, we know what you're going to bring to us. We know what we can do with you. Um, this is going to really increase popularity and probably bring uh, a lot of maybe even older WWE fans that haven't watched the product in years and probably think, wow, WWE are actually signing people like Omega and the Young Bucks and Switchblade Jay White, some of the best wrestlers in the world, they're bringing those in. Vince would have never have done that. Okay, maybe we should give WWE another chance because these guys have gone now. I want to see what they're going to do. You yeah. know, and um, I, I just think it's too good an opportunity for even WWE to turn around and go, do you know what? No, I'm not happy with those terms and conditions. And I, I think it's worth doing. Well, let's see what happens. We'll keep it. We'll keep you all up to date as soon as we know more about Kenny Omega's and the Young Bucks status. Of course, one thing that does play into this is the potential sale of the WWE. Would they be willing to sign for the company when the future is up in the air? Who knows? What we do know is this coming weekend, it's all elite wrestling on pay-per-view for revolution. So why don't we now go to the talking point? All right, so this weekend, as we said, is All Elite Wrestling on pay-per-view. It is Revolution. It's a pay-per-view, in my opinion, that is a pretty mixed bag of matches. It's obviously headlined by a double main event. And they haven't announced it as a double main event, but you, you've got to think it is. But I don't know. There's This one is, is, yeah, this one is a bit weird to kind of call. I don't know if it's going to be a slam dunk as most AEW pay-per-views. Because bear in mind, their record on pay-per-view is pretty damn good. Yeah. They, they pull it out. I mean, we've got, what, two, four, six matches announced so far. One of those matches we know hmm. is going to be a 60-minute Ironman. Seven yeah. matches. Um, is is going? Oh yeah, I can't count. I told you I'm tired. It's going to be a 60 minute Iron Man match. Um, which I think the the interesting thing here is going to be how many falls they get, or are they going to do a Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels going into uh into time limit draw? But let's get to it. Let's get to the predictions. So we're going to give you our predictions. It is going to impact the prediction league, um, and we're going to go from there. So okay. let's. Let's kick yeah. off with the trios tag team titles. Yeah. The Elite, the ones that we've been talking about, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus the House of Black. It was this past week on Dynamite that we saw uh, the Elite making their way to the ring and then the House of Black take them out and attack them. Uh, where do we think this is going to go? Uh, I've gone with House of Black. Um, I, I think uh, with the... F- you know, also, I've, I've taken into consideration the upcoming potential um, uh, 
uh, ending of, uh, you know, coming to an end of their contracts, their deals with uh, AEW. I've taken that in, into consideration. But I also think Warehouse of Black have been, they've had a very, very strange time in AEW. We all know about um, Malachi Black, his whole thing, you know, he took a time out for his mental health, etc. He wasn't happy with the way um, AEW were handling the whole House of Black uh, scenario. Um, he went away. He's come back. Um, they now look like they're in a position for AEW to really um, take them to that next level. And I do think it will be at the expense of the elite this time. Um, I don't really think that the elite need the trios tag titles. I think between uh, the three of them, uh, they could, you know, have their sights set on other things within AEW. Uh, I think House of Black need the win more than what the elite do. So I've gone with House of Black for this. So it's an interesting, uh, interesting what you've just said, and you've raised a real couple of interesting points there. Um, but I'm actually going with the elite, and I'll tell you the reason why. I've taken the contract situations of both the Bucks and Kenny Omega into into perspective as well, and I think if you're Tony Khan and you've got the potential of them jumping ship to WWE, you are going to give your EVPs whatever they want, right? You're going to do whatever yeah. you can to keep them sweet. And I think the elite will do it. Now, bear in mind, the other thing to consider with this is the elite won the trios it all out. Then they got suspended because of the whole CM Punk. We don't talk about backstage altercation. Then what happened? They came back, went into a best of seven series with Death Triangle. We all thought it was going to be Death Triangle that was going to walk out with it. And the elite walk out with the trios championships. Right. So I think this is a put and when we know Kenny Omega is very much about these trios titles. So I'm going to go with the elite, not because I think the House of Black don't deserve it. But I think it's to keep the EVP sweet. So for me, it's the elite all the way. I, I, I see a point. I just I just don't think there's anything Tony Khan's going to do to be able to make them stay. I think they'll stay if they want to stay. Um I agree. I, 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 I don't think there's anything Tony Khan can do to even sweeten them up. It'll be a case of, you know, maybe offer them more money. But I just don't think uh, that, you know, I think they're at a point now in their careers and at their ages where they're kind of like, if we're going to do this, you know, wrestling WWE kind of thing, it's probably going to be one of those now or never type scenarios. Um, I, I agree yeah. with you to a certain point, but I think we've seen and we've criticised Tony Khan for not doing enough to keep talent when they want to leave, you know, when yeah. you think about William Regal, for example, I mean, that was always going to be a no brainer. He was always going to go, but I think this time the embarrassment for him to lose all of his EVPs in a two to three year period, that's going to have, you're going to have to get your business boy hat on. And that's what happens when in your, you know, your EVPs. Hat. Yeah. But that's what happens when your EVPs are an active member of your roster, you know, because first and foremost, they're wrestlers, they're, they're talent, you they know, the, the risk you run. They want the, they want, absolutely mm. all right you're going to house black i'm going the elite Ooh. next up AEW women's championship triple threat match jamie hater defending against the returning soraya and ruby soho i've gone with soraya on that i just think that they're at this thing where they're really really building her um back to being a big star um, now that she's active in the ring again, I think that um, this is the perfect way, uh, especially the fact that she's healed to put more heat on her and Tony Storm um, would be to put the title on her. Um, I love Jamie Hayter. Um, I really, really do. 
I, I even love Ruby. I think Ruby's been poorly booked and uh, and that since she's gone to AEW. Um, so there's an element where I think she deserves the title. Part of me did actually think maybe they would go with Ruby, but I've just got a, a feeling that they're going to pull the trigger on Soraya this, this early on. Well, you see, I'm expecting to lose my lead in the Prediction League this pay-per-view because okay. I'm actually going Ruby Soho and I'll tell you why. So all the way through this feud that they've been doing with the All Elite Originals, if you want to, and the Invaders, they're doing a very good job calling them the, the Invaders and not the Outsiders, which I think is, is quite clever. She's been that little piggy in the middle, right? Mm. Which way is she going to go? Is she going to go to the Originals? Is she going to go to the Invaders? I think that will continue. So bear in mind, you've got Britt Baker on the outside in Jamie Hayter's corner. You've got Tony Storm in Soraya's corner, right? Those who are going to get involved, you know that. So Ruby Soho will capitalize on that distraction and she will get the pin. Who she gets the pin on, I can't call it. I don't think really they'll pin Soraya. I think no. they'll protect Soraya as much as they can. So Ruby will go over Jamie Hayter, who've got a history in all elite anyway. And I reckon Ruby Soho will walk out as the women's champion. Okay. Yeah, that, that was my line of thinking. That's that's how I would have called it. If, uh, but I've just got a feeling they're going to go with Soraya. They're just going to keep the momentum. Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, she could walk out not winning the title and still be protected. Uh, protected, as you said, Ruby going over Jamie. Um, but I just, I, I, I think that they're going to pull the trigger on Soraya. So I think, we'll see. I think, yeah, I think you've you've made a good argument. I think you've got a good a good shout there. I think, but I do question whether or not Soraya needs the belt in all elite. She doesn't need it. No. Um, or if it's just a, is it going to be a transitional? Because the one thing they've not done with this women's title is made it transitional. They've anyone who's had it has had it for a relatively reasonable amount of time. You know, Britt Baker obviously held it for the longest yeah. reign of, of of anybody. Even Tony Storm, to a degree, held it for a few months. You know, quite a quite a length, and was defending it pretty much on a weekly basis. In the see, this also makes me wonder. Uh, with the whole with Soraya winning it is because the fact that Tony Storm was a recent AEW Women's Champion is that jealousy factor going to come in where Tony's kind of like hold on a minute like I might have helped you win that title but uh, you know Maybe. it's kind of uh, is this how we eventually separate the two of them? But is that going to be too quick to separate them? I mean, you could say the same. Oh, thing I'm not about saying it's going to happen just straight away, but I think there might be an element of that. That might be um, yeah. you know one of the the, the next. Um, uh, championship pictures regarding yeah. the women's championship is to have this maybe this little bit of uh, friction between Soraya and Tony Storm uh, but, that starts building over a little bit of time during Soraya's um, yeah. run. But you could also do the same argument for Britt Baker and Jamie Hayer. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you could. So there's two split. Uh, it's definitely this one is is quite open. I think you've got yeah. a one in three chance of getting it right. Well, we'll see. Actually, you've got a one in four chance of getting it right. Yeah. Because you could go with no contest. <laughs> well, there is that, but that's unlikely. I think it's that's... not, not going to happen. All right, next up then is the Battle of the Egos. It's the Oco, Chris Jericho, uh, versus Ricky Starks. And I, I think with this one, this is going to be an interesting match, right? They are really pushing Ricky Starks, uh, mm. Ricky Starks to the hill. Jericho has even asked for this feud. Jericho is behind this feud. I think this is a way of giving Ricky Starks the rub. So my obvious pick is Ricky Starks. 
See, I, I thought long and hard about this one. See, this is what happens when I get an opportunity to really think things through and not give dead air. See, I've, I've been yes. prepared for this one. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I watching the promo between the two of them on Dynamite, um, I, I would have gone with Ricky Starts, uh, but there, there's some interesting points made when they were doing the, uh, the, the promo uh, where Ricky was doing the whole, to Jericho, I don't think you could believe that you can beat me. Um uh, sort of thing. I've got a feeling that Jericho is going to find a way of beating him, um, but I expect them to go again and Ricky to then go over. I just think this is to kind of level it up a little bit where Jericho Possibly. can sort of come out and say, well, you said I couldn't beat you. I beat you. And it it's really rubs up Ricky starts the wrong way. And especially if they're pushing him as a heel, what way to really emphasize that you're, you know, that you're, you're, you're a heel than to take the loss uh, maybe a bit of controversial finish, I don't know, but then really, really sort of um, take that on board that you've just lost to the guy that you said couldn't beat you, and uh, and and that you you probably go all out attack again, and uh, I think it's um, that would really, really help uh, with his uh, with with him being a heel. So yeah, I, I've gone with Jericho on that basis. That I think it's going to enhance Ricky as a heel even more so. So we're three matches in and we haven't got one pick the same. <laughs> so no, we haven't. So yeah, this is really going to change the prediction league. I like this. Next up, uh, the TNT Championship on the line. Samoa Joe facing off against his former tag team partner, Wardlow, who made his return back to TV just a few weeks ago. Um, who have you picked for this one? Well, I went with Samoa Joe. Although, now, this is going to sound interesting. I do actually think Wardlow's going to win, but I've called it Samoa Joe to win because I think Wardlow, with his return, new haircut, and going for Joe, to have the title put on him straight away at the first time of asking is very predictable, too predictable. I'm wondering if AEW are going to do a bit of a swerve here and actually have Joe somehow... Um, uh, walk out of the winner, whether it be by BQ or something like that. I just think that uh, this rivalry isn't going to end just yet. And I think everyone's expecting Wardlow to walk in and take the title from Joe. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think uh, he might dominate large parts of the match, but I think Joe is going to find a way of winning and retaining. I do agree with you. And this has been the one match that I've been going back and forth on thinking, yeah. is it going to be Joe? Is it going to be Wardlow? I think that Again, they've put a rocket ship under Wardlow since yeah. coming back. He is their Goldberg. He is their homegrown star that they have developed. They have brought in. They've put the rocket ship in. You've seen the feud and the development from the pinnacle with MJF right the way through to now. He's getting the reactions. And also, I think Joe potentially is going to be more Ring of Honor than All Elite. So I can I can see them dropping it to Wardlow I really can so I'm gonna I am gonna go Wardlow I can see them dropping it and I can see them sending Joe for more star power more on Ring of Honor than on All Elite Wrestling. yeah yeah I, I can see that and I think that will eventually be um the case I just not I'm not convinced that it will be at Revolution but like I said I am actually expecting it as weird as it sounds the fact yeah. that I've picked Joe I am expecting Wardlow to win that match but point. I'm hoping that they, they they don't make it too predictable and they do stick with Joe for this. Hopefully. Well, we'll see. But at the moment, the way this pay-per-view is looking, I'm, I potentially need a point. So this is going to be hopefully my point. Mm. Um, 
Next up, all of these. Yeah. Tag titles, Fatal Four Way. -way Now, originally, until um, Dynamite this week, it was a, uh, the fourth team were to be a, to be announced team. Uh, we now know that that team is Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Much to the delight of many, many uh, fans, they're uh, happy to see Danhausen getting the um, major props and actually getting put in a championship match. But yeah, the Guns are going to be defending the AEW Tag Team Championships in that fatal four-way match against the acclaimed Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. I can't believe what they're doing with Jeff Jarrett and. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Now, I'm actually really excited for this match. It's I, a I very strange batch, isn't it? It's a very strange group um, that we've got here. Um, and I can see this going anyway, but I the Guns haven't had the titles for that long, and I think it might be a little bit too soon for them to drop the tag titles, okay. in my opinion. Otherwise, I, I was going to go with Cassidy and Danhausen. Really? Who is who I really want to... I want to see Dan Housen and Cassidy as tag champs. I really do. I, I think I think it will happen at some point. I don't think it will happen yeah. tonight. I don't think it will be the guns retaining, in fairness. Okay. I don't think it will be the acclaimed. No, you're going with Jay Lethal and Jeff I'm going Jarrett. with Jay Lethal and the last outlaw. Yeah. I think what they've done with Jeff Jarrett since coming into All Elite and Jay Lethal, that whole combination yeah. with Satman Singh, with Sanjay Dutt, has been brilliant. I'm loving it. And the fact yeah. that on at least two occasions, they almost took the tag titles off the acclaimed. You know, I think this is their time. And it will be, when you consider as well, I mean, let's think about it. Jarrett's not got long left in the business, right? Yeah. He he really doesn't. Should he be competing at this level now? No. Jay Lethal is the star of that show. Jay Lethal hasn't really had the rub in All Elite that he should have had. And again, I think he's one that will go to Ring of Honor into this new incarnation of Ring of Honor. Now it's got TV. But I think with everything that's happened to Jarrett over the past few weeks, with the passing of Jerry and all that type of thing, still going to work 24 hours later, still putting on a stellar match. I just think they're going to give it to Jarrett. They're going to give the rub to Lethal and Jarrett. Right decision or not? Maybe not. But -hmm. I think they will go. I think what will happen is it will be Jarrett getting the pin on Dan Housen. Right? So that keeps the acclaimed and the guns strong. The guns have then got a challenge yeah. to turn around and say, I want my belt. I wasn't defeated. They get the rematch. Potentially the guns get the belts back from Jarrett and lethal at that point. But you've got to think you've got this built in story now between the guns and the acclaimed and, and daddy ass. You've also got the continuation of Jarrett and the acclaimed. What's been going on with those two and, and Max Caster mm. in the rap. Um, and then you've got this weird combination of, of, Best Friends 2.0 of um, Evil Orange Juice competing in, in, in their tag team. So it's a real interesting one. Love or hate AEW, what they're doing with the tag titles at the moment, brilliant because it's really getting... Yeah, I think, I think out of all four teams, the only team that I couldn't see walking out as champions were the acclaimed. I just think that, you know, they've not long dropped the titles... I don't see any sense in putting it straight back onto them uh, this soon, this uh, as over as they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you make a good point. I, I, I can I can see why you know they, they might put it on uh, Jarrett and Lethal, um, but uh, it's one to see. This is what I this is what I love when you've got a match like this. And apart from one team, which as I said, the acclaim, I don't think they would put the titles straight back onto them. It's one of those ones where you can't call it. 
You've got a 25 chance of getting getting it right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. (laughs) I'm actually looking forward to this match. Um, So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens with this one. This this to me will be the opener of the pay-per-view. Potentially, yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. I can see that. But then we're going to the Texas Death Match: Hangman Adam Page versus Bleed Forever John Moxley. Um, this is the unfortunately, this is the one match where I don't really have that much interest in. No, I, I, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of John Moxley, but at the moment, I, I've, you know, yeah, I just feel there's been a little bit of Moxley overkill. I was about um, to say, you know, when they said that Moxie wanted to take a vacation after after dropping the, yeah. the belt to punk it all out, and then obviously everything happened in punk st- and Moxley yeah. stayed in. I think we need some Moxley away time. This is what I think is going to give us the Moxley yeah. away time because my pick is Adam Page, and I think Moxley losing the match. Uh, I this is going to be violent. It's uh, going I, I think to this is gonna be, be violent. It is going to be violent. But I again, I don't think it's going to be Adam Page. I think it'll be Moxley going over because I think the Dark Order are going to get involved, specifically Evil Uno. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, I can see that. I can see that. But I just think that Page needs the win. He does. Page needs the win. He needs a significant win, and for him, this would be a significant win. And it would also make sense then for Moxley to have a little bit of a time timeout. This is the rubber um, match, right? This is the, the third match yeah. in the series. So they're one apiece now? Yeah. So it's Moxley. Mox, did Moxley win the first match? Or did Page, Page win the first match? Moxley Page won the, won the first, yeah. Moxley won, uh, won the, the, the most so, recent one. Yeah, this and, and now obviously you've got the Dark Order and Evil Uno playing a part in this. The, I, I actually think the Elite are going to get involved in this as well. Well, I can see Adam Page rejoining the elite in this match. Yeah, when he was saying about b- b- building bridges and now yeah. this thing, yeah. and you got this stuff with the Dark Order, I I, I can see um, Dark Order getting involved, but I can also see the elite coming in for the save. And obviously, you've got the BCC that are going to get involved potentially. Exactly. Well, you're going to get Wheeler Ruter and, and Claudio Castagnoli involved. Absolutely, I think it's just going to be pandemonium. Yeah, uh, I mean, but I, I think Page will win. They always have one of these spot matches on the pay per views, don't they? That, this is what they're known for, and. This is pay-per-view. Yeah. Moxley's not going to have any filters. He's going to go for it. It's going to be a bloodbath. And I I just hope, I really hope Jim Ross is not calling this match. Well. I just I just hope not. I, I, I really hope it's Excalibur, Taz, and Tony Schiavone. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, All right, yeah. so you've gone Adam Page. I've gone John Moxley. We are six matches down. No predictions the same. So this is either going to do, it's going to, really change the leaderboard the main event the main event we're going to agree on i i, I can't see you picking uh, brian Danielson. two months ago maybe i'm not going to go brian danielson no but i i, I am going to go mjf i think it's yeah. but i'm going to do a bonus point now for what we think the full count's going to be because i don't think this is going to be a one nil a one nil fall to See, MJF. Yeah, I, I'm I'm torn between a one zero win for MJF or a two one. Yeah, I think it's gonna, one. I'm gonna go two one because I think Yeah, it's, that's what I'm thinking. They're not gonna make this as, as easy as they think. But the reason that I'm a little bit on the fence of this one, you've gone MJF. Yeah, I'm gonna go MJF as well. I mean that's it, it's pretty obvious. But I think the Adam Cole factor is playing a part here because mm. They brought Adam Cole back 
and mm, they've done pretty much nothing else with Adam Cole apart from announcing he's coming back onto Dynamite in-ring action in a couple of weeks. For me, and I think we said this on the show, this next feud is MJF versus Adam Cole. Yeah. And I still would have found a way, if he's medically cleared, which he says he is, to have got him into this match and made it a triple threat. Then you would have gone Adam Cole all the way. So yeah. there's part of me going, what well, did MJF, MJF, MJF won the title, wasn't he? Really? I, I just think cause MJF is the AEW golden boy. He's, he he's a big draw. He's, he's a massive thing for him to have won the, won the title only a few months ago to, to drop it now. I I think would be very damaging. He, he needs a big title win and he's going to get yeah. that tonight. He's going to uh, Sunday. He's going to beat a hall of famer in in the american dragon that's yeah. gonna happen yeah. it's gonna happen 2-1 it's gonna set up adam cole versus mjf i think that is the next one and it but the problem then is you're booking yourself into a corner either way you go because if you they book themselves into a corner with this match because mm-hmm. you knew it was always going to be danielson getting to the main event so he announced it but then that second bit of the booking into a hole came into effect when adam cole came back mm-hmm. because you know he's going to go straight up the chart. They either go, he works his way back up the ranks, which no one's going to believe, or we go straight into the main event, which is going to be fresh, and we've not seen it before. We've then got the battle between MJF and Adam Cole on the mic. The crowd are going to eat it up. That's going to bring eyes and bums on seats. And you know MJF is going to go for the head. But that means that this match is pretty much redundant because you know MJF is going to go over. They've not done enough to make me truly believe that Danielson is going to, Mm. Maxwell. Now, thinking about it, the way to have made this just a little bit more believable, still done the whole build-up angle, you know, but have Adam Cole return at Revolution at the end of this match. So MJF goes over, holds the Burberry title, Adam Cole, Bebby, music. Straight away, you know it's all about the boom. Crowd goes wild, he comes out, there's a face-off. And all he does is pick up the mic and goes, I'm back. Mic yeah. down, walks out to the back. I don't even think he needs to do that. I think it's just going to be a case yeah, of yeah, yeah. come out, stand on the ramp, and then think eye up MJF uh, and that. that. That last shot of the pay-per-view yeah. is Adam Cole looking straight down the ring yes. to Maxwell. With that with that grin on his face, because Adam Cole's got that grin. Yeah. Um, that, that, that Yeah. That's all it needed. At that point, yeah. you've got your all-out main event. You know it's going to happen. And that would have made me just think, oh, potentially, yeah, Danielson could potentially do it. Are they going to give him the strap before he retires? Maybe. Does he need it? No. But now Cole is back. Now Cole is back on Dynamite, and they've done that reveal. Not a chance in hell. No. No. no and imagine the, and imagine the audience. Yeah, okay. It wouldn't have worked in terms of buys, but you just kept it quiet all the way up. And then that last moment, the minute MJF is holding the strap up, it's all about the boom. Out he comes. Internet would have gone crazy. Everyone would have been like, oh my God, Adam Cole just appeared out of nowhere. They were uh, trending like worldwide. Yeah. It would have been huge. The element of surprise, uh, wrestling companies and that, they, yeah. they, they lose that, that element of surprise. But imagine the too, too much. But imagine the numbers on Dynamite yeah. on Wednesday, right? 
Every well, yeah, because people would be dying to tune in for a story time of Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, and it no, would just be, that would have just got you hyped because now you just know it's going to be MGF retaining. They're not going to put it on Brian, and you know the next match is going to be Adam Cole. That's that thing in it with uh, Adam Cole and Cody Rhodes, in it. They got their they got their the usual shtick with, with yeah. that. It's like you know, Adam Cole comes out. Who's who's ready for a story time? Adam Cole, baby, and Cody Rhodes is just simple. So, what do you want to talk about? So, <laughs> they got this whole thing. Where the long gone are the days where people just come out and just like you know, talk, uh, you know. Oh, and let's not forget. Big shout out to L- La Knight with his uh, "Let me talk to you." So this this is becoming a little bit of a thing now, isn't it? Where yeah. if we're going to address the crowd, the live crowds and everything, they've got to have like a catchphrase way of doing it. So, but yeah, so this is going to be this is going to make major changes potentially in the predictions league because I think what was it? I'm two points behind you, one or two one points point. behind you, one one point currently. So this could potentially be the fact that we've only agreed on the uh, MJF winning retaining the uh, championship uh, and that we've gone different on every other match. So this could potentially be a massive turn of events. I mean, all the picks that we've done have got potential outcomes. You could see either way going, which is a good thing for, um, uh, for all elite. Right. So that happens this Sunday live on a pay-per-view. You can watch it on fight here in the UK. Uh, or of course, if you're international, you can watch it on pay-per-view in the U S uh, or at specific regal one cinemas. If you are listening to us in good old us of a, you can actually watch it on the big screen in the cinema. S- Stefan, I think, right. who am I is next. Have you got a, who it am is I for me? time to yes. Five questions. They get easier as they go on. Um, we're going to, uh, uh, I'm going to give you some clues. You're going to decide, and he's going to decide who am I describing? So without further ado, most, uh, difficult one question. Number five, I was well, born then. December 18th, 1970. And I debuted in 1990. Okay, no idea. Okay. Come on, you mean more than that. <laughs> All right. Um, I made, in, in 1991, I made my debut uh, competing against a guy called Dango Nguyen. Uh, what would it be? Embarrassing to say that I've never actually heard of Dango Yuin. Okay. I have. Okay. Oh, good for you. Surprise. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> good for you. I competed in WCW between 1992 and 1993, making my debut in January 23rd, uh, 1993 episode of Saturday Night WCW as a fan favorite. Oh my god, give me a come on! No, gonna be so easy. Oh, good, I need it. Okay, (laughs) I found stardom in my next promotion, Cody Rhodes. No, 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 no. No, no, this guy's older than Cody Rhodes. Okay, um, I found stardom in my next promotion. <laughs> uh, most notably, turning heel 
under the management of Bill Alfonso. Sabu? Close. Rob Van Dam. Yes. The next one was going to say, I am known as the whole... <laughs> The whole damn show slash the whole freaking show. Oh, bloody hell, you got me on that one. Well, it's going to make it challenging. Well, yeah, but, jeez. Yeah, anyway. Right, anyway. Well, very good one. I'll get oh, you yes. back on Monday. Okay. I'll get you back oh, on Monday. Brilliant. Now, <laughs> this, this is going to be a, a very quick top pick because I actually haven't seen any wrestling this week. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I know I've you read, feel flat out. I've read the recaps, but I haven't seen any. So if you go on the recaps, I can tell you who, uh, you know, I can tell you certain things. So what I'm going to suggest on this one, because we are going to have to wrap the show up pretty quick uh, now, is we hold off on top picks until Monday when we're live because I'm going to be binge watching to get ready for Revolution this weekend. So if we can hold off and then we can pick up top picks, including we'll do we're gonna to do top picks TV and um then we'll touch about revolution as well. Does Not that good. okay for you? Absolutely. And we were, but obviously we're gonna be out of time. We will be on Monday, our top debate, and we want to hear from you so we can get you guys involved in Monday's live show. Uh, send us over on all of us, any of our socials. Uh, we want to hear from you. Are championship titles still meaningful or are they just props? This is something which we were going to touch. We touched on on our last show and Andy turned around and said, oh, that sounds like a debate for another time. Well, we're bringing that debate to you on Monday. So are championships now in professional wrestling are they still meaningful and prestigious or are they just props okay so let's know so, what you think on all of our socials and we are going to see you on monday we will thanks for joining us it's a shorter show i do apologize it's just been one of those weeks but we wanted to get something out for you on both audio and on youtube and we will see you live this monday night uh at seven o'clock right here on youtube and on facebook uh until then Brilliant. for mr bennett and for me, see Take you care. Bye-bye.